Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for Friday, September 2nd. A couple weeks till Flyers rookie camp. And it looks like we're going to be having some of the uh, players that will be participating in rookie camp coming up as guests. We'll also have some of the regulars, if you will, NHL players from last year. And then some of the big names you have come to hear from many times here on Flyers Daily. They'll be joining us maybe over the next couple weeks as well. As we prepare for camp, and obviously once we get to camp, uh, we'll be having lots of uh, players and coaches and everybody on as well to get ready for the season. Saw Flyers Twitter yesterday, uh, Travis Sanheim in town. Uh, Saw Flyers Twitter, Cam Atkinson in town. A lot of guys over at the Skate Zone in Voorhees getting those skates in already, ramping up their preparation for the 2022-23 season. Uh, Coming up in just a couple minutes, in this episode, I want to hit on the Las Vegas over-unders for point totals for the Metropolitan Division. Let's kind of look at those, see where they were based on where they were last year, where they finished last season, where Vegas is projecting them to be this year, and we'll make a little play on either the over or the under, including the Flyers. I think some of them are pretty pretty darn interesting. Now, in Wednesday's episode, you know, we were talking about, I got that text from a, a DM, rather, from a guy that said, uh, Gordon, that I couldn't, uh, the line that really stuck out to me was, it's impossible for me to state how important this sport and this team is to me. And we talked about that statement that he made quite a bit because it really hit me. And I got a bunch of messages from people on Twitter, great Flyer fans. First of all, let me say this. The people that DM me, emailed me, that have been doing that, just shoot me regular tweets and tag me and everybody's contribution to this podcast. You know, going since, I guess, April now, basically mid-April, where the Flyers haven't played a game. You guys out there, when you do the things like that, and you send me DMs, and you send me notes, or you tweet me, it it spurs ideas in my head of things to talk about. And I love the inclusion of you guys, the fans. And I love the fact that you listen to this podcast. I mean, we've done over 650 episodes, and I'm stunned. And I thank you guys so much, not only for listening, but also for interacting. Because I think that that's really important, especially now that things, it's been a tough two years for Flyers fans. It's been really difficult. But you guys and your contributions to this podcast, I'm just the one that sits here in my home studio and talks into a microphone by myself. Sometimes it feels like that where you're sitting here and you're just talking to yourself. But being able to read messages and DMs and emails from you guys um, takes that element of it away from me. So it's a huge contribution to the podcast. It's a huge contribution from all of you guys that have done it this time or have done it in the past. I really and truly do appreciate it. No matter what happens this season, uh, my goal once again for this podcast is to deliver compelling content to you every day, honestly. And, you know, I try to remove emotion. I don't go crazy. I do sometimes. (laughs) We had that uh, evidence last year on a few occasions. But I try and step back and remove the emotion and look at it through an analytical eye. Um, Sometimes that's easier said than done. But uh, you're going to get everything I have once again this season. So thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody that interacts. Uh, I truly appreciate it. And I just wanted to get to a couple of these. Before we get to the over-unders, I just wanted to read a couple of these um, from great Flyer fans talking about 
what the team means to them and what the team, you know, like Gordon said, it's impossible for me to explain to you what it, the team means to me. So we go to our first one. It comes from J. Dan Brook, and he says, Hey, Jason, I am too excited for this season. I'm looking forward to seeing what torts can bring, and I look at it like this. We lost Yandel, who was painful to watch last year, shouldn't have played, was like a bad dream. We replaced him with a top 4D, and we're also replacing our bottom pair with a real number 560 and bringing in a younger guy in York. He said we have our number one center back as well, that's Sean Couturier, as well as our number two healthy, and that's obviously Kevin Hayes. He says, connecting I truly believe will prosper this year with a steady line mates and good coaching. Plus, we have Tippett, Cates, Allison, Ratcliffe, Hodgson, Frost, uh, chances to make something happen, then Faraby and Brink later on. Our fourth line will be great uh, with Nick Delarier, Zach McEwen, and either Brown or Lawton at center. Cates, Tippett, Frost on the third line. He said, my only concern is the backup tender position right now. That's, in my estimation, probably going to be Felix Sandstrom. He said, I haven't been a fan of Fletcher or the coaching's, coaches in the past bit, but I'm excited to see what Torts can bring with this group and staff that has been assembled. He had We had many cooks in the past three years, and Hackstall was a disaster. Go Flyers. So, I, look, I like the fact that you're excited, too. And, look, I, I don't think that Hayden Hodgson's going to play a role on the NHL club unless they get really deep on the injuries again, and we all hope that doesn't happen. And then you have, you know, the question mark guys. And I'm going to put together a new list, probably for an episode next week, of all the question marks, the up-to-date list of question marks going into this season. Because a couple of those guys that you have on there are question marks. Tippett is a question mark. He's got opportunity. Morgan Frost uh, is a guy that still has a question mark next to him. And then Noah Cates, small sample size, but looked really good last year. Allison, big question. Can he stay healthy? I think we've seen Wade Allison where we go, eh, NHL player. He's got the skills. He's got the requisite talent. But can you be available? That's the big question when it comes to uh, a guy like Wade Allison. And, and Ratcliffe as well. Not, not that injuries are the part with Isaac Ratcliffe, but is he a guy that's a fourth-line guy? What does that fourth line look like? If Lazinski and Wade Allison and Ratcliffe have really good camps and are healthy— then I don't see a spot for Zach McEwen on that opening night roster. I really don't. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But thanks for the email, or thanks for the DM, rather. Um, Steve tweeted in, or DM'd, and said uh, his name is Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. He said, hey, Jason, love the Flyers Daily Pod and wanted to let you know what this team means for me and why it's so frustrating to be a fan right now. He said, I was eight when the Lindros trade happened. And since then, this feels like the first time the team could really be in a years-long slump of nothingness. As painful as the playoff losses have been over the years, we've been mostly fortunate as a fan base to see a solid product on the ice almost every season, or at the very least, a competitive product. In 06-07, we went through the worst season in franchise history and came out of that into a really fun era for the next few years where we had a chance to win it all. And that was probably my favorite time being a Flyers fan of my entire life. He said, I like your balanced take on the team, and I hope I'm wrong in feeling like we're going to be a basement dweller for the next five years. Keep up the good work. Well, I hope you're wrong, too. I really hope that that's not the case. Um, You know, the NHL, you see teams that do remain in the basement for five years. You know, teams like Buffalo, teams like Ottawa. You know, Ottawa a decade ago was a pretty good team, but they've been pretty putrid ever since. Detroit, after making the playoffs for 25 straight years, has been pretty bad for a while. 
is Steve Eiserman there now, so after Ken Holland left. So they're probably in really good hands right now. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, so there are teams in that situation. Are the Flyers a team poised to be in that situation as well? That's the question. Uh, I don't know the answer to it. I really don't. It's going to take some luck in drafting. It's going to take some luck with the lottery or luck with who's available. And you also have to make the right picks, and then you have to develop the right picks. That's a huge part of the equation. You know, you have to pick the right players, and you have to develop the right players. There's a lot that goes into that. So, you know, you got to make your own luck, and you got to take care of what you can control. Can they do that? We shall see. Now, like you said, you're right. When they had that 06-07 season, it was hideous. Ken Hitchcock was fired early in the season. Bob Clark stepped down, and Paul Holmgren took over, and then you had Richards and Carter and Joffrey Lupul and Scotty Upshaw, and then the trade to get Hartnell and Teeman in, and kind of culminated in that 2010 year where they went all the way to the cup final against Chicago. But I will tell you, that season was not one of the funnest seasons until the end. That was a frustrating season. I believe it was around December 12th that John Stevens was fired and Peter LaViolette was brought in. I think they lost nine of their first 11 games under Peter LaViolette. Then they started to catch fire. Obviously, they got into the playoffs on the shootout in the final game of the season, and the playoff run was crazy, coming back from down three games to none against Boston, got the series against Montreal, five-gamer, where they had home ice advantage as a seven seed, and then the cup final, obviously, against Chicago, opening round uh, win in five over the New Jersey Devils. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, the season, I don't remember, is one of the most fondly remembered seasons of my lifetime. You're a little younger than me. My favorite season was probably 87, uh, when they went all the way to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final against what I consider to be the greatest team in the history of the game, the 87 Oilers. Uh, Hextall's rookie year, it was, it was just a magical ride all season long. But Steve, thanks for the DM. Let's go to, I'm not sure this guy's name, W. Browdy. He said he's been a Flyers fan since 1970, so he's a little even older than my vintage. And he said, as a kid, such a thrilling thing seeing two Stanley Cups, Hall of Flame, Fame players. The Flyers have been a constant major part of my life. The, the team back then was relevant, feared, and respected. He said, very frustrating now, though, that the team is basically irrelevant. I fear I will never see another Stanley Cup here. I just don't see the current management team having the right ability to bring this team back to prominence. Best, Warren Browdy. Okay, I should have read ahead and I would have had your name. Warren, thanks for the note. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, I mean, those teams in the 70s, I, I don't remember watching 70s hockey a whole lot. I was born in 72. My first memories, I, I don't remember the Cup when they won the Cups. I was three. So those years are probably uh, not in my memory bank. But I do remember some of those players that tipped into the 80s. Really, I remember the 35-game the unbeaten streak is one of my earliest memories. And then the cup final in 1980 against the New York Islanders. Those are the kind of where I, I pick it up. But, um, look, I know that word irrelevant gets thrown around a lot when it comes to the Flyers right now. I still see a lot of people talking about everywhere I go I get people we talk about the team all the time if anybody knows who I am or recognizes me or you know people that are hockey fans or I'm at the rink or on social media I still see a ton of conversation regarding the Flyers a lot of it's frustrated and it's been frustrated conversation this summer 
So I still think there's more interest there than perhaps we give it credit for sometimes. And clearly, you know, you're still kind of plugged in, Warren. You're listening to this podcast, and I appreciate that. And hopefully we can bring you better storylines, and we can talk about better storylines this year. I'll tell you, it's not easy doing a daily podcast when the team is really, really struggling. It's very difficult. I'm not moving a pile of rocks uphill or anything like that. No physical labor here. But to make this compelling content when the team is not very good is difficult. And because I don't want to just come on here and yell and scream. I know people don't want to start their day that way. So we try to remain analytical. We try to remove a lot of emotion. But thanks for the note, Warren. Really appreciate it. Let's get to uh, a couple more here. Tommy Tsunami says, uh, good episode this morning. He sent this the day of uh, Wednesday. He said, I listened to it on my way to work. And like Gordon, it's hard for me to capture what hockey and the Flyers mean to me. I'm a lifelong fan. And when I was a kid, my bedtime was determined on when the second period of the Flyers game ended. I, I totally get that. I had the same thing. He said, my parents would always tell me the final score the next morning. A group of friends and I have a tradition to travel to an away game every year. Dude, awesome, awesome tradition. He said, we were there when the team opened the season in Prague in 2019. And this team and this sport have always been a haven for me to escape from personal or work problems. When the game starts or when I arrive at the rink for the game, nothing else matters in the world. It's a way to clear my mind and enjoy myself for a few hours. I always appreciate your measured takes on the team. It's refreshing to hear when it's refreshing to hear when so much of the Twitter timeline is doom and gloom. Keep it up, go Flyers. You know, I can totally identify with that, although as I mentioned on a previous episode, maybe it was Wednesdays, that yeah, I would have to go to bed after the second period as well. Games used to start at 7:30. Second period was probably over around 9.15, elementary school kid at that time, time for bed. But I used to listen to the radio broadcast on my boombox in my room up to the third period of the game. So I got to do that as well. And good on you for making that road trip every year. And the fact that you went to Prague in 2019, that was the game against the Blackhawks. That's awesome. You're a great fan, Tommy. Thanks for the note. Let's go to Brandon Harper. He tweets in and says, it's like everyone else growing up. Dad was Superman. He listened to classic rock. So I did. He liked war movies to this day. If I'm sick, I spend the day in bed watching war movies. Dad influenced my entire childhood. And when I was 10, he showed me clips of the Flyers playing the Red Army team in 76 and said, son, this is my favorite NHL team. Now, 21 years later, I'll call him and ask him if he caught the game last night. That's tremendous. That's a great bond. He said, my sons are two. He said, my sons are two and a newborn, and I cannot wait to watch hockey with them. Hockey at any level brings people together from small-town rinks to the NHL. To me, the Philadelphia Flyers logo represents that. That's that's a really cool message. And, yeah, I mean, for me as well. Um, my, I have two older brothers that are five years older than me that are twins. And they wanted to play hockey because a kid in our neighborhood played when they were about seven or eight years old. So I was two or three. And they started playing and then... As soon as I was old enough at four, my dad put me on skates and I ended up in the rink and a Flyer fan and the whole thing and got to go to games a lot as a kid and just the the sport got its hooks into me and the team got its hooks into me as well. And uh, that was a huge bond with my father. It's one of the things that, that I missed since he passed away back in 2016 the most is talking about the game with him. And... I got to tell you this, Brandon, you're going to love it, having two sons. I have one son and two girls, and my son plays. He's, he's playing U16 now. But talking about the game with him and living the game through his young eyes and 
it's just awesome. So best of luck to you with your boys, and uh, I really appreciate the note. Let's get to one more. As if we even needed a note to know what the Flyers mean to this man. How about Flyer Eric uh, messages in, shoots the DM, and says, just listen to the latest podcast, and I, too, can't tell you how much the sport ice hockey and the Flyers mean to me. And again, Eric says, my dad got me into the Flyers at a very young age. That is a very consistent theme amongst Flyer fans. Uh, Eric said, we're about the same age. He said, I'm 52. I'm 50. He said, my dad worked with a Flyer season ticket holder who sold most of his tickets, and my dad would scoop them up. My dad and my sister and I would go to about 36 of what used to be a 40-game home schedule, including the playoffs, up until the Flyers made it to the Stanley Cup final. We sat in Section N, Row 14, seats 5, 6, and 7. I sat in R, uh, Row 7. I think it was seats 1 and 2. Um, and th- that lasted into the mid-'80s, even though my love for the Flyers was still there. He said, I started abusing drugs and alcohol in his teens. And although they stopped going to games, he always still watched them on TV and listened on the radio. He said, I managed to get clean and sober since October 21st, 2001, and I started to go back to attending games. I would go down to the box office and get single tickets for every home game weekly. And after the lockout in 0405, with all the money I saved, I bought season tickets for myself. That's, that's tremendous, man. First of all, congratulations on your sobriety. Uh, he says on July 13th, which was 12 years since his dad passed, he was really hoping the Flyers would make some kind of splash in free agency. Somehow, and he was livid that day, but after sleeping on it, he understands now and have calmed down. He said, I'm sick and tired of all the negativity towards the Flyers by most of the fan base. I'm looking forward to what torts can get out of this team, and I think the Flyers are going to be a lot better than most think. I'm worried about the backup goalie, though. Let's go Flyers. Awesome note, Eric. You're a great fan, too. Um, And again, congratulations on the sobriety. I love the fact that you bought, you know, you worked hard, you bought yourself season tickets and Look, there is a lot of negativity out there, and anger is like one of those things that's contagious, too. I understand the negativity. I understand the anger. But I'm really eager to get answers to a long list of questions and question marks that I have going into this season. Really eager. That's why I'm chomping at the bit for this season to get underway. I can't wait because we'll get some of those answers. All right, let's get to some of the – thanks to everybody for messaging in. Let's get to some of the NHL Vegas point totals. Let's start in alphabetical order. The Carolina Hurricanes, they finished last year 116 points. This year, Vegas has them over under 103 standings points. I think they'll go over that. They won the Metropolitan Division last year. They've had some changes there. They lost Trocek. They obviously are a team that's really good. They get Brent Burns. They got some other pieces there. So – I think they still go over. I think they're probably the team that wins the Metropolitan Division. Second team is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Of course, they signed Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, they've got 81 points last year, and they have 79 and a half as the over-under total this year. I think they'd be over. I don't think they're a playoff team. Slightly over, about 83 points on the season. So I'll take the over there. New Jersey Devils. Uh, last year, they finished the season with 63 points, just two points ahead of the Flyers. Think about how miserable that season was last year, and the Devils were only two points ahead of the Flyers. And they have them at 88.5 points this year. I got question marks in goal for them. Mackenzie Blackwood, Vitek Vanacek. I still have a lot of questions there. I don't know that Lindy Ruff is long for the job. They hired Andrew Burnett as an associate head coach. Is he the head coach in waiting? Will he be the head coach by Christmas? A lot of questions there. I'm taking the under on that 88.5. 
The New York Islanders went to back-to-back conference finals a couple years ago in the COVID seasons. Last year started off the season horrifically. They finished with 84 points out of the playoffs. Barry Trotz is gone. Their total for this year over-under is 94.5. I think that team is going under. I think they missed their window. The New York Islanders are one of the oldest teams in the league. One of the older ones. I mean, last year they were really old. They got a little younger this year heading into the season. Last year they were right up there as one of the oldest teams, the oldest team at 30 years of age, average, 30 flat. This year they're the ninth oldest team in the league at 28.07. Now, we'll see if they can bounce back. I like the goalie. I like Ilya Sorokin. But I don't know that they're going to bounce back and be an over on the 94.5. The Rangers finished last year with 110, second spot in the Metro, 99.5 points is the over-under this year. I'll take the over. They get Vincent Trocek. I think Alex Lafreniere is going to take another step. We'll see about Kako. He was scratched in the playoffs. We'll see how that plays out. We know about Shesterkin, Fox, Panarin. Kreider probably not going to repeat what he did last year, but Zabanejad, that's a good hockey team. Jacob Pruba, now the captain there. I'll take the over on the Rangers at 99.5. We'll do the Flyers last. Uh, But the Pittsburgh Penguins, 103 points last year. 101 and a half points is the over-under this year, and I'll take the under. They're going to be the oldest team in the NHL going into this season, the oldest. And they re-signed Latang, they re-signed Malkin, and that's a team about average age, 30 years of age, and teams, the Bills got to come do at some point. They've made some changes there. There's some things, I still don't love them in net. Jari's had a good year last year, but... I don't like their depth at the goaltending position with Charlie Lindgren. So that's a team that I don't like their depth at the goalie position. That's a team that I'm going to say is going to come in under. Uh, The Washington Capitals finished last year with 100 points. 93.5 is the over-under this year. And I'm going to say the under again. Second oldest team in the NHL are the Washington Capitals. A lot of age on that team. Oshie in his mid-30s. I think that Ovechkin still going to get his. I think that, you know, Carlson's still going to get his, but starting the year without Nick Backstrom, I think that's a huge problem for them. I don't think they make the playoffs. So I'm going to say it's an under 93.5 for the Washington Capitals. I think 94 points is about going to be where a team gets into the playoffs this year. It's not going to be 100 points like it was last year. Um, And then the Flyers, last year obviously finished with 61 points on the season, and this year the over-under is set at 78.5. It's the lowest in the division. Um... I mean, I think they're going to go over that. My prediction for them this year is going to be about 81 to 83 points, hockey 500. But I don't have a lot lot of strong conviction either way. The list of question marks is too long. And I think that it's one of those areas where even though that's the team we're all closest to and we know the most about, it's also one of the teams that if I'm putting down my money, I have the least confidence on either side of that ledger. So there you go. There's your point totals for the 2022-23 NHL season. All right, we're back Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. First weekend of September. Enjoy it. Labor Day weekend as well. And we'll be back with another brand new edition on Labor Day Monday. Bill Meltzer will join for Mondays with Meltzer on a brand new Flyers Daily.